AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Australian Musicians Radio advises the following program may contain coarse language, adult themes, unsolicited product placement, quality banter, unscripted bullshit, dad jokes, cringeworthy puns, lewd anecdotes, general fuckery, and lots and lots of local, independent, original music. Hi, I'm Daniel M. Pern. Welcome to Bar Talk. Cut the suicide. Tell me how you do Say you wanna talk That's always a fluke I can say that I agree You're just running for the truth That your friends don't fuck with me But I really fuck with you You won't tell your girls I would do the same Say you wouldn't dare But you do it anyway Stay in mom's car Speed it down the west Three away Like the guards when you call Cause you know it ain't safe Baby, we gon' pick it up You gon' say it's love You think that you're tough Only when we're fucking Take it like a champ Keep it quiet when we're done When your friends find out Girl, it's never any fun Gotta keep it on the low, 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 low Gotta keep it on the low Gareth McDowell here from AMR Content, and you are listening to Bar Talk on the one and only AMR. Stepping onto the scene, floating in like a dream. It's upside down on the ceiling. It's electric in here as we dance in the air. There's heat in the 
on high. I want you. We're turning it up now. We're turning it up now. I want you to move. Yeah, we're turning it up now. We're turning it up now. Daddy do, folks. It's your boy, Big D, Big Daniel M. Pern, right here coming at you with another fantastic, scrumptious, and del- delectable episode of Bar Talk. Episode 44, to be precise, and I'm very happy to be here, folks. Let me just get straight into it. Uh, it's just me going solo for these parts, first of all. So, you know what? How about it, eh? Just you and me, little, you know. Cheeky, cheeky, you know, glass of wine down by the fireplace, so to speak. And after dinner mint with uh, Daniel. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. All these are, it's, it's very, very intimate, let's say. But um, that said, these songs aren't intimate. They are booming. Uh, you just came off T-O-Y or toy. I don't know. I don't know whether they counted as one word or three letters. I guess we'll let them decide. It's uh, toy or T-O-Y with I want you. And before that, Lolo, but only one word, not two words. Uh, by the incomparable Jay Whiteford. Ah, tell you what, guys, I'm very excited this week. We've got a slew of awesome tracks. I had an interview with a phenomenal artist as well. Uh, it was a lot of fun, and that's coming up real soon. I'm uh, going to be chatting a bit about what we've been up to, perhaps, maybe if I can feel like it, but uh, I'm going to keep it things nice and brief, nice and, you know, short, high up, wedgy, right up your bum crack, eh? You know. Keeping it briefs, wink, wink. 
Oh dear, I get into weird anecdotes when I haven't got uh, Shakira there annoying me. Or, you know, Gareth competing for my vocals. <laughs> Love them to bits, though. Love them all. Uh, I should get straight into describing the songs I've just come- I've just- played for you. Uh, Jay Waitford needs only introduction. He's a man with a massive following and doing great, great stuff, including this, his new single. And uh, ooh, is it something? It's just really cool blend of, you know, pop, R&B, rap and trap, which, uh, you know, not normally, not normally the genre of my choice, but this was great. Just a absolutely brilliant hook to uh, with blending all those different styles I mentioned, and it is a great return to form. Um, keep an eye out for what he's doing as well. He's just, you know, already got a huge following, but he's only young, uh, and, you know, who knows where he's going to be going next. After that, though, as I said, TOI's brand new, like, describe it as silky soulful, and I, I do agree, especially those little uh, synth trumpets after the... Or is it a real trumpet? I can never tell with the with the trumpets, actually, whether it's synthesized or real, when it's, like, being just compressed enough. However, I, I digress. Uh, TOI's new song is called I Want You, as I just mentioned. And it's going to be off the upcoming EP. Uh, TOI are, are from across the ditch, doing really good stuff, known for their live, live performances. And, yes, there's a lot of great production on there. But I'd love to see what a, this song would sound like live and how it could, would compare to what you just listened to. But yeah, as I said, great bit of like dancey, smooth and absolutely brilliant soul there. And just a lot of fun. Just a great fun track, you know, party times. Yeah. Um, this week, I got the absolute pleasure of- I, I got the absolute pleasure? Oh, my grandma goes out the windows any day of the week, doesn't it? I had- a good old time, and I mean, I had a very fun time. I mean it. I mean it at all the, the bottom of my heart. I had a mean old time chatting to Elephants, who's a phenomenal artist up from Queensland, Gold Coast, Brisbane area, and she's been so busy, but we had. she still found the time to out of her day to come and sit down and tell me about what's been going on and had enough time for us to go on some random weird-ass tangents. So, I'm really looking forward to uh, playing that for you soon. So, our interview with Elephants is up soon. Uh, before that, we're going to be playing her song, Known Better. But right now, oh, right now, guys, uh, oh, absolutely in for a treat. Now, uh, Hawkins is the artist we're going to play next. Now, he is not a stranger to our talk. We have previously uh, played one of his songs, and I'm just trying to remember the name of that particular song. But I remember at the time his vocals were incomparable. Yeah, we did. We played him late last year, Can't Leave It Alone, which I'm assuming was off, off this album too. But yeah, he just released his um, self, self-titled self album. And uh, go and give it a listen, guys, because it's, whoa, it's amazing. Um, but this song, you, you know, to you know, not not excluding this song because um, it's really really good. Take take away just had a really nice string section, beautiful mixing, and of course, really prominent vocals, as it should be. This this man, I, I swear, it's like a once in a generation voice. Uh, if you haven't heard him before, please go and check him out as well. But it's really is just going to that almost theatrical musical elements in terms of how the strong the song is structured and the instrumentation that's involved which you can really get away with with that sort of operatic level of 
level of texture in your voice. Anyway, great stuff, uh, Hawkins, and well done on the album. Uh, that's up right now. Of course, as I mentioned before, Ella Fences' uh, song of her a new EP, a song called Known Better, but right now it's Hawkins with Takeaway. We're going to be coming right back soon on Bar Talk here on AMR. Outside the walls, the fires wage war. As we stumble through the footsteps that echoed on the floor, we are not alone anymore. Take away now, cut away, take away. This is Elephants, and you are listening to AMR. But I know you had the way to the world. No, I don't sleep. 
Was known better by the absolutely brilliant elephants. Uh, I'm not going to sit on the fence for that one. That was pretty epic, pretty sweet, pretty, pretty, pretty solid, pretty solid track, don't you reckon, folks? I, I reckon, I reckon it's pretty good. Um, you're going to really like this because uh, a few weeks ago, well, actually, not a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, as of release, you remember that we played um, Elephants's. I think it was most recent single. Um, more to life, and I really liked it. And I thought, damn, she's got an EP coming out. We've got to have a chat to her. And I am so keen. The EP is called No Thank You, but after listening to it, I have to say, yes, please. Uh, so please, please give uh, more than your fair share or a hurricane over welcome uh, to Elephants. 
Ella. Hello. Hello, Ella. <laughs> Thank you. What a warm introduction. <laughs> that is so lovely. Thank you so much for having me. That's probably the most concise introduction I've given to an artist in a while. And any, Beautiful. Any I'm proud of you. <laughs> previous guests are going to go... Oh my god! He just he normally just rambles really on. They're gonna get really jealous. They're gonna get very jealous of us. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take that away from you. <laughs> I, I knew what I was gonna say this time. I just normally just try and riff off the top of my head, and then stumble into a into you know crash the car so to speak, and they're like, oh well, oh like glad that's over. Let's let's talk about something more interesting. You know, <laughs> how's your album? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. No. Oh, uh, firstly, welcome to the show, and uh, congrats with the EP. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, it's yeah, it's a pleasure to be here, and I'm excited to to be, um, you know, working on music and have this EP out in the world. And yeah, it's been a really good time. Yeah, it is. It is sounds like the absolute dream. You've been a super busy person. You were just telling me before we started about how you are just being the coolest cat. Or I, I came to the conclusion you, that you're the coolest cat in Queensland, <laughs> eating, uh, eating, right? eating sushi in leather, folks. Not not not, not <laughs> where the sushi is wrapped with leather rather than seaweed. No, she had a leather jacket on apparently in a sushi bar, which I, I think is pretty cool. Does that um does that make me a cool person? I, I think it does. <laughs> Is that the definition of cool these days? Wearing leather in a sushi bar. <laughs> I think that what what we said was cool was like being alone in a sushi bar when you're uh, sitting at like the bar and there's like there's a train going by you and yes. you know you've got like a a dark spirit on the rocks and it's yeah. like what am I going to choose next? And people are like, why is this girl in a sushi bar? Literally, sake. <laughs> so, sake. Yeah, I don't know. You got yeah. have sake at a sushi bar. Yeah, it's all just a facade. <laughs> have you? Have, was it? Was it one of those ones where you do get the the conveyor belt going past? It was. Yeah, it was one of those. Oh. Yeah. what what sushi did you have? What what go to sushi do you have when you go to those kinds of places? Look, I was on a time limit. It's a very good question. Um, I was on a time limit, so I went with the um, went. I went with a salmon and avocado. Mm. Um, always a great choice. Yes. Um, then I went for a chicken, and I think it was like chicken and cucumber, and it was like a chili mm-hmm. sauce sort of thing. Oh yes. Uh, so they were the two go tos because they were on the belt and they were right there, and I was like, "Here we go, let's get them now." If I'm left <laughs> to my own devices um, in a sushi bar, then I'm going to get that, um, like the the, the the grilled. What is it? Is it with the fire? You know when they use a flame, a flamethrower, and then they put it on the salmon. Am I? Are you still with me? It's like a char grilled kind of salmon thing. Yeah. Is it nigiri? Am I making that up? I, I, I don't can't know what remember. Called, they do some weird flambe awesome. thing. Oh, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a- like. I'm like looking this up right now. I'm like, surely this is nigiri. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's no, it's not because that's raw salmon. All right, someone needs to tell me what this is called. But that is my go-to. Yeah. I love that. That's the um, one that they'll do yeah. for you at the Tapanaki restaurants, the one where the chef makes the yeah, food in front of so you. I'm like, maybe I just like maybe I just like that, you know, I'm like, I want someone to get a flamethrower and I want them to flame all up on my sushi. Like I don't want it to be easy for anyone to just like can put it on the belt and have it go around. I'm like, put some effort into this, you know what <laughs> I mean? I want fire. I want fire. <laughs> I, I've learnt very so, quickly. Yeah, maybe it's more my neediness. <laughs> <laughs> I've learnt very quickly that uh if you're going to go to have Korean barbecue, uh, you have to go when mm-hmm. it's not too busy. Because if it's too busy, 
they'll make you cook your own meat. And which, okay, if you really are into that and you really want to put it together, okay, whatever, whatever, whatever you decide. But at the end of the day, I'm paying top dollar for what is really good meat. I don't want to bugger it up. You do your job. You to put the effort in. I don't care if I have to wait longer, but I want you, the chef, to cook it. You know, you or the waiter, whatever your proper term is. You know, I came here, I paid good money, I didn't come here to make my own food. I think it depends where you go, though, right? Like some places they leave you to your own devices, and other places, like, um, will cook it in front of you, right? Like that's really, uh, I mean, the way to my heart is to feed me. So (laughs) anybody out there is looking to. Win, win over me romantically. It's literally just um, give me a meal. No, I'm only joking. That is <laughs> absolutely not the truth. Um, and that, uh, yeah, I retract that. <laughs> um, but yeah, redact that one. Um, but yeah, I mean, I honestly like. I just think that there's nothing. There's nothing nicer than preparing a meal for someone. Like, how cool is that? So it is nice when you get to go out and literally see that happening before your eyes. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> now there is. I know. I know. I'm mixing up cultures here, but but uh, I'm going to use the uh, the the term. That, and again, I know it's not a Korean term, but uh, the, apparently the Chinese derogatory term for white people is guelo. So it's like the gringo version. You know, the Chinese version of saying a gringo. Um, so oh, you walk in, right? walk into the Chinese restaurant, and they you know they'll they'll see a bunch of guelos walk in. It's like, oh, these guelos. You better <laughs> you better make the food for all them. <laughs> Oh yeah, maybe. I mean, I I don't know. I don't I don't know this term, but um, but yeah, maybe maybe that's being said behind my back. But if it's said with a smile on their face, then I'm happy enough. <laughs> oh no, that, that's it, as with all, any of these things. It's always the smile's just a front, you know. It's all customer service. They're smiling. Hey, isn't but that like dying. anything in life? People are trying to people are trying to pretend <laughs> that they're nice to you, and they're really not. <laughs> Who knows? You never really know what someone's thinking. But um. But yeah, have you been? Um, what's your favorite song off the EP? That um, off the you were telling me before that it's Hurricane. Is that right? You you are are you, are you turning? Are you trying to do my job, Ella? Is this <laughs> maybe? Who knows? I feel like you're getting ahead of yourself because we're going to we're going <laughs> we're going to get to that soon. So this is like hey. I'm coming up soon. Ella's going to ask me twenty questions, and you're going to find out how much of a terrible <laughs> interviewee I am. Uh, this oh. is why I'm the one asking the questions. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> you got me. You got me. Uh, we are. We are going to find. I'm we are going to talk. <laughs> we are going to talk a bit more about the um, actual EP songs uh, soon. So that's a good good thing that you bring that up. We aren't only here to talk about sushi and and uh, Asian cuisine. That said, it is a it is something I could probably talk about for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um. Anyway, I want to ask how you because you've you've been playing a few shows around because hence the you know sushi sushi leather experience. Uh, you've been busy playing around and, and getting out and about, you know, enjoying the lovely weather that Queensland has to offer, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, last night having Torch Festival was just so so incredible. Like having that opportunity to perform. Um, and be in the space with other artists who are so so awesome. Just connecting with all these different people. It um, yeah, it was it was great. Like uh, it definitely. I mean, uh, I was just chatting with my housemates actually earlier today about the huge hit that the music industry has taken. I mean, throughout COVID and that kind of thing. And it's just been such a an interesting and challenging time. Um, 
for, for artists and for anyone in the industry and over the last sort of months, um, you know, having Blues Fest cancelled where there's, you know, one weekend Blues Fest is cancelled and the next weekend there's a rugby game with tens of thousands of people who aren't wearing masks who are seated next to each other. It's, it's heartbreaking to see that some things are being really prioritised above others. And so I guess like the point, circling back to being able to play shows and, and the privilege that I feel to be able to do that is like within the last month as well, like having Blues Fest cancelled, I had a gig um, lined up down in Byron, which I was so excited about on the periphery of Blues Fest. So it wasn't exactly part of the festival, but it was, um, you know, on the periphery of, mm. of the festival. And um, and just, you know, because of everything that happened, like that didn't end up going ahead and ended up getting postponed and, and all of that. So it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, and that, you know, that, that hit, you know, hits everyone really, really hard. And, and you think that you're kind of coming out of it. And it's, you know, I, I know that it's, you know, obviously a global pandemic and it's something that's affecting so many people in different ways. But it, I think it's like, it's quite unique to, to, um, artists at the moment and artists and, you know, and anyone who's kind of entertaining. So like artists and hospitality and that kind of thing that it's that, it's that flick of the switch sort of, um, you know, those lockdowns that kind of come into sort of like so quickly, um, that can just change everything. And that, and that's so anxiety inducing when in terms of like booking a tour and booking shows and things. So you go, okay, like, and you kind of have to let go a lot of like, okay, I'm planning all of this stuff. I'm putting a lot of time and energy and effort into doing this while also knowing that I may actually not do it. Like it could be something that I put all of these, all of this, you know, into and it just actually doesn't happen. And so it's, it's just interesting. Like I don't think that any time is wasted because it's like being put towards something great, but yeah, I think um, just like being able to have that experience last night and, and the Listen Up Music, you know, um, organisation and, and Torch Festival being the inaugural one and still going ahead, like yeah. all things considered, was just like so, so awesome. And I just cannot wait to perform down in Sydney, like having those two shows as well. Mm-hmm. Like just so exciting to be able to be travelling and playing music and meeting so many cool new people so it's just yeah it's been it's been a really um really interesting time but yeah definitely keeping super busy with live shows as much as possible as well as um yeah just like writing so much music and and really diving deep into into production and that kind of stuff like getting uh, getting heaps of demos sort of ready for the studio next when I'm like getting next in there like I know we're you know haven't even talked about the VCP mm. and I'm already to bringing up the next one so yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a weird time, but I've definitely been very very busy doing that. So yeah, it's been good though. You because I was going to say, um, with tell me a bit about Torch Festival because you said it's the first one that's occurred. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the inaugural one, so yeah, it is the first one. So Torch Festival, it's it's a it's a it's a festival, um, it's a music festival um, mm. in West End. In West, it, they had it the first one. Um, this one in West Room, which is a new venue. Um, that's sort of just opened in the city, which is exciting as well. Um, and we, yeah, and it's a mental health festival. So it's, um, it's really advocating the conversation around, um, you know, mental health and how music can contribute to, um, you know, the, the creation of music can contribute to an artist's mental health as well as 
the consumption of music can contribute to um, in in a in a in a in a positive way and um, contribute to the um, positive influence of of you know an, an audience's um, mental health and like how those stories and how that connection can really um, help elevate you know um, can help you know consolidate different connections and also elevate you know people's spirit and that kind of thing and just the actual act of going along to a live music gig and and all of those kinds of things so. Yeah, it's um, it's it that that's kind of what Torchfest sort of encapsulated. So it was really, really beautiful to be um one of the performers on that lineup alongside yeah. T Costello and some other incredible women. Um, there were a few, there were a few guys, but they they really, really highlighted women within this festival, which I just thought was so beautiful. Um. Yeah, so I, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. It was great. What yeah. was um? I couldn't have had a better day yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing the weather must have been nice. <laughs> it was inside. It couldn't have. Oh. It could have been storming outside. We wouldn't have even known. It was okay. just we were all inside that venue, and it was just we were just making the absolute best of of everything, and it was just so good, so much fun. Yeah, I was, was going to say because if it is about mental health, um. In what way did the organisers really highlight that? What was different about it, say, than other music festivals where they, where you may not have really, really got your attention in terms of this is about mental health. This is what we're trying to draw yeah, attention that to. Is, that, I mean, that's such a good point. Like, I think that it's within the ethos very much of most festivals, or you would hope that it's within the ethos of most festivals and events to really care about the patrons and, and you know, want to make sure that they're having a good experience. I think that that's really within a lot of festival ethos because it's like that why we're doing it. But I think when it comes to this particular festival, they had actual, like they had tangible um, things that they would that they were doing so they they very much like in in all of the promotional um like everything in the lead up to the festival was all about um you know really highlighting different people's stories all the artists and you know all these different people involved sort of like their mental health you know journeys and that kind of thing and plus on the actual day there was like a lot of um uh, there was like there was a bit of like a promotional element to it as well. So like there was someone that was like uh, sponsoring with these chocolates that you could like scan a code on the chocolate and you'd eat the chocolate, but you'd open it and scan the code and it would give you some you know some tips tips and tricks to get through you know a, a down day or whatever it might be. And so that that was really interesting. So that was like part of their promotion, but but also part of like what they were kind of giving out on the day. But what I found most profound was that part of our sets or part of our like they gave out people um, little torches on the on the way in, so you get a torch, um, like a head torch that you can wear. Um, and so it was actually like when, um, so so the story behind that is is that when I was to sing my torch song, um, it's like a particular song that you have either written throughout COVID or written throughout lockdown or written throughout a down down point in time or you listened to that so was like maybe covering a song that really helped you through a tough time or a song that you had written or, or a song of your own that you know was was um, something that had sort of helped you through a tough time so that to me was um, a song that I've written that I haven't released yet um, I haven't really decided what it's been called I think it's going to be called Take My Time um, yeah. but it's got a few titles at the moment but yeah so basically what they did without that one within that one sorry was um you you choose your your torch song and then you say okay team this is like the, the song that i'm doing is my torch song and then everyone like turns their torches on and it's this beautiful moment between like the audience and the performer where 
like it's it's such like a it just makes it so easy to be like okay this song is something that like really means a lot like I'd love for you to engage and 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 so everyone like shining their torches and this like big glowing beautiful effect in the um in the crowd of like all these little dots of um, of lights and things so that was just like so special um yeah and so there were just a few different moments like that where they really like highlighted um highlighted. The, the mental health aspect as well as the organizers like I know just so wholeheartedly like do so many different things um and actually actively like really advocate for um for artists and for mental health like outside of that so it's just it's really building a community of people who um who do really care about each other and really want you know the best for each other and and the way that that presents itself in this particular context is music so it's just yeah, it's really cool. It's a really, really cool thing to be able to do and play, and and yeah, it was it was such a such a beautiful experience that I'll hold on to for forever. So yeah, it was great. It was really great. Yeah, yeah. Are they planning to do more? Uh, like in in future years, as far as I stage? hope so. Yeah, I mean, I would love that. Like, I I, I believe so. I believe it's it's um it's going to be an annual festival. I hope so. I hope I hope um. I hope so for other artists and for other people and that it grows and becomes bigger and that it's, you know, it's something that people can really, um, yeah, have as like a staple as part of their, you know, yearly programming and that kind mm. of thing. Like that would be awesome. So, yeah, I would love that. Nice. I would love that personally. So 10 out of 10 from me. <laughs> <laughs> would light, would torch again. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 10 out of 10 would porch again Yeah for sure Speaking of mental health Because it is obviously something I do like to touch on um, Because it always right. Everybody's experience is always different with mental health uh, There's no one You know one size fits all Or a very cookie cutter situation But I guess especially last year How on a personal level did you manage your own mental health Especially with the lockdowns And everything that was going on And the you know as you mentioned The lack of ability to play in front of other people Hmm yeah, I mean that's a really great question. I think uh I think I, I really had to figure out exactly how to um exist um at at home, which I know sounds so it's like such a strange thing to say, but I I'm so used to being able to go somewhere to write music. I'm so used to being able to, you know, do different things where I'm not just in you know, really close to my bedroom or close to, you know, um, the kitchen or, or whatever it is. So it was just like really interesting, like being, being able to sort of like work from home and that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Um, because I definitely had found that to be a challenging thing for me prior. And the reason why I say that is like, because I think that the biggest thing for me in terms of like, um, mental health when it comes to working for myself is that getting out of bed thing. I find so challenging. So once I'm up and going, like it's, it's like, okay, here we are, we're doing this thing. We're going to get the day started. But like, if I'm in like a shitty head space and I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to get out of bed. Like sometimes, I don't know. It's like, it's like having that morning routine. So I think the biggest thing for me in terms of like lockdown and sort of like making my way through all of that sort of stuff was definitely like leaning into that morning routine and that kind of thing. And making sure that that, you know, it could be something that was, um, that I was able to, yeah, do, um, on a, uh, every day. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> My girlfriend pretty much has to cattle prod me to get me out of bed, 
uh, if there's no reason for me to get up. Really? Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like, I think I just like, yeah. Sometimes it just is, is a bit challenging to um, to sort of make that sort of happen. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, what was I the, think the morning routine thing? Yeah, it's a morning routine. Like knowing that I had somewhere to go and get a beautiful cup of coffee yeah. um, and go for a walk because I love going for walks and listening to podcasts and things. Like that was definitely a big part of. Um, yeah, a big part of getting up and getting going for sure. Like that's definitely part of it. So, yeah. I was going to ask what what did you learn to do during lockdown, but that pretty much answers it. I was yeah, going to say. Yeah, I think that that was my answer. Like it, honestly, that morning routine thing, which just sounds so simple and so many people have just like mastered that. But I just think that, I don't know, not having somewhere to go because like I would always like – what I found really useful is I was like, okay, I know that I need to write from a venue. Like I thought that I knew that about myself. I was like, okay, so I've got to like book in a space, like a book in a studio or a book in a, um, you know, a, a songwriting space or something like that. And I'll like go there and write music. And I think that the biggest thing for me, like so many, actually so many different things, like that morning routine thing, getting up and getting going, also realizing that I had to create a space at home where I could write from that wasn't going to be, um, you know, that I wasn't going to, like, inhibit myself. I was like, okay, so I'm like, you know, we're we're in isolation. We have to stay home. It's all about staying home. I'm not going to not write music just because I find it challenging to write from my place of living. Like, I don't know, like, some people are like, I can't work from home. I'm just, like, not a good enough excuse because I'm actually, I work for myself and I need to be able to make this happen. And so I really had to, like, um, hone in on um, on that. So, like, buying a bunch of plants and really decking out a space and making sure everything's always really clean and tidy and just different things like that. But, like, I know that it really helped me to thrive when it comes to being creative because if I have a tidy, clean space, then I feel like I can kind of operate in a way that, like, kind of makes sense. So, just different things like that. And then also... Um, so yeah, so very much like creating from home, um, and yeah, and getting up and getting going. That was just another thing that like totally escaped me. You didn't, <laughs> like, you didn't have to start having that. uh you didn't start having conversations with pop plants while you're writing. You're going, um, Mr. Fern, do you really think the thirty fourth <laughs> key change in this in this uh, fourteen minute opus is just overdoing it? No, let's do it. No, I definitely not do that. <laughs> Um, so, so you don't you walk in and you go, oh, God, she's talking to the plants again. <laughs> go get some help. Go outside. No, go, no. For <laughs> go for a walk, yeah. So, yeah, getting up, get, definitely leaning into, like, exercise and that kind of stuff, like, really, really helped. Um, the act of writing um, really, really helped. And I also like, just, like, kind of really got excited about cooking and got excited about, uh, um, yeah, plants and that this, kind of stuff. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to get excited about all these things that I this, used to really not care about. And I'm like, oh, I just get takeaway and spend a million dollars on cocktails and, <laughs> and go out and have a sick time. And I'm like, oh, wow, uh, I'm all by myself. Um, that's interesting. And now I have to feed myself. Okay. All right. Love that. Um, what food? I should no, no. get some skills. What food? What food um, did you did you suddenly start eating that you never did before? I started doing. I started. I love like I love eating really fresh and that kind of stuff. So like I'm talking like couldn't even cook pasta like all rice like not even those bare basic uni skills that you learn um, when you're like at college or uni or anything. Like I struggle. 
Um, so I'm like, make a salad, chop up a few things, always have a fresh. But I'm like, no, I'm like not, I'm drawing a line now. I'm like, I'm going to build some skills. Um, so I actually started doing, um, I don't know if I'm meant to drop brand names on this podcast, but I started doing uh, HelloFresh where they like deliver you all the different things and they make it so easy. And I have like started building some serious skills just literally by doing that. Um, and I'm fucking loving cooking. So it's been really good. <laughs> That's all right. As, as the, uh, as the, the disclaimer at the start of the episode goes, there is un- un- unsolicited product placement in here. So, you know. <laughs> unsolicited product placement <laughs> and also <laughs> probably some swearing. I, I'm um, going to. I'm glad about that. <laughs> oh, they're going to get their $100,000 bill, uh, $100,000 check in the post very soon. Exactly. So, mm, <laughs> yes. Hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, part of my evil plan to get money. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't mind. <laughs> uh, and also it- some free HelloFresh. Like, that shit is expensive. <laughs> I mean, I, it's definitely cheaper than eating out all the time. Like, I will give it that. But I'm like, it's not, like, saving me money. Like, I could definitely go to the supermarket and buy all my ingredients. But I also and, – and also the waste part of it bothers me. Like, it's probably the waste more than anything. But at the same – because it comes in all the little prepackaged little things. Like, that is the thing that I find the most annoying because it's, like, all – it's not all in plastic, to be fair. Like, they do their best, but it's, like, it is all part of it. And I think that's, like, any kind of convenient kind of cooking is, like, there's always going to be a huge waste element to it. But at the same time, it's, like, I know for me, at least at this stage in my cooking um, life, <laughs> that um, I'm just, like, finding it hugely beneficial. And I think that there will be a time when I can kind of, like, walk into the grocery store and feel empowered and be, like, all I need is rice and and you know tofu, and I'm going to have everything else that I need in my pantry. But I'm not there yet. I don't know what I need. I don't know. So, so rather I than to talking, tell me what I need. So, so so rather than talking to the plants, you go into the the fresh food section and you start speaking to the oranges. <laughs> Mr. Citrus, um, you shall you go well with a chicken. Like that, then you can interpret that. Yeah, totally. That's exactly right. Maybe that's where my you, creativity lies. Talking to an inanimate object (laughs) that's my news won't hold back but anyway that's fine Ella I I feel like you've really encompassed the spirit of this show in true bar talk fashion you've you've gone and uh, dumped equal criticisms and shit talking uh, as well as praise <laughs> on a particular product we, it's it's perfectly balanced you know you're you're the thanos of product thank placements uh, <laughs> i'm i'm glad thank you and i mean i would back it up i would back that up if hellofresh's marketing manager wants to give me a buzz and ask me about it i will tell them my thoughts it's wasteful <laughs> it's not not wasteful there's just no way around that like it's just the fact but Will I use it? Yes, but only until I've built the skills, and that's the plan that I have in place right now. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Uh, well, you're always – it's good to hear that you're improving on that front. <laughs> Thank you. I mean, always improving. Yeah, that's always part of it. I, I want to I touch on something you mentioned before, too, because you're talking about how you never really used to do much cooking before. So, because there's always – I've noticed this weird dichotomy with people in the industry, people in like that play live music and are friends with people mm-hmm. that play live music. You've either got – you're either a live gig magnet where you're just like, all right, who's playing this weekend? All right, let's see. Okay, Johnny's playing on, on Friday, and then I'm going to go to Mary's gig on Saturday, and then, then oh, yeah, cool. Um, then I've got my friend's band playing on Sunday. Awesome, awesome. That's my weekend sorted out. And then you've got, like, the other half of, like, 
All right, I'm going to do another another plug-in this weekend on my $1,400 uh, MIDI keyboard. And they do that, you know, they just, like, they lock themselves in the studio sort of thing. And, like, you never see oh, them in a gig. And they're like, here's my new song, just, like, re- constantly releasing stuff. There's, like, there's that interesting dichotomy there. So, it sounds like you're definitely the, the, the live get out and about, you know, music magnet. Totally. Well, I would say that, I mean, pre-COVID, for sure, um, either either get out and about music magnet or um, or any kind of other art form, like love, like love an art opening or some kind of like theater performance or anything like that. Like get me around some kind of um, a sparkling wine tray that's being passed around, and it's like, do you want another one? And I'm like, yes, I do want another one. Is it um, free? Is, it, is this a sample? Free. It tastes. <laughs> in that case, then it tastes great. Yeah, that's. I mean, it hooked me up. Um, so yeah, so I guess like that. Um, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I would say that I'm probably more of a social butterfly when it comes to that kind of stuff. I'm all for nerding out on plugins, though. So, I think there's, like, definitely a duality to, to what I do. Like, I do get very excited about the nerdiest things. Um, not that plugins are nerdy, but I, I, I know you know what I mean. Like, I do get very excited about intricate details and, and different things like that. But I think that, yeah, it's um, it's definitely uh, – I would say that I have – I spend – I spend or have spent um, a lot of time sort of out and about and that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, definitely COVID's brought out a quieter side to me, a more um, introspective, even in my songwriting, like a lot of introspective thoughts and um, putting those sort of into words and that kind of thing. Like that's been really exciting to me from that perspective as well. Um, also another thing sort of throughout covid um, I guess another way to connect with my audience was that I, you know, started doing the like, live streaming, which was like a pretty, I don't know, like it was a pretty common thing, I think, by the end of it. Like a lot of people doing live streaming, some people were doing it, you know, in a really interesting way and that was like exciting and that kind of thing. But um, for me, like I'm very much like I love having that alone time. Like I really need that quiet time, intricate time just to like myself to actually explore different thoughts and, and different ideas, like whether it's in terms of like, like the song or in the studio or whatever. But I think that I like definitely thrive as a person more so. Oh, I think both sides actually help me to thrive to be fair. But I think that I like, I really like, I get a lot out of that sort of those kind of connections and being out and about and hanging out with different people and learning different things and that kind of stuff. So, mm-hmm. Nice. Speaking of you know plugins and, and all that that juicy stuff, to what percentage? Of, well, actually, what proportion of the EP is entirely your own input in fer- in terms of the production? Ah, uh, that's a good question. I think with the with the music that I've been working on, um, I mean, it's very much like a collaboration between myself and the producers that I've been sort of working mm. with. Um, but I'd say that in terms of the production, like that, like very much like leans leans towards them. Um, but definitely the the songs that I'm working on now that I'm writing and, and working on the pre-production stuff at the moment that's actually unreleased, that stuff is like going to be very much more me. So I'm excited about learning those skills. So that'll be cool. Yeah. Have you noticed that you've been learning 
learning more with every successive time you go into the studio? Yeah, definitely. And your ears, you know, your ears get more um, more better trained and that kind of thing. But I think that it's just, um, yeah, it's definitely something that uh, that comes with time and comes with experience and comes with, you know, diff- definitely different um yeah, probably experience is like is like the word. But I think that for me, what I've kind of felt um, that I've been most excited about lately is that I think I it's like I can hear something. When I say that it's like a collaboration, like I feel like there are certain moments where I can hear that I really want something, and then you know you talk to a producer, or you talk to whoever about it, and it's like okay yeah, let's do that thing. And, like, there is a version of that where you kind of, like, leave that up to the producer and they Mm. complete that task for you. And it might be quicker, but it's not necessarily – so that they get it wrong, but it's, like, it's their interpretation of what you're saying sort of thing. So then you have to kind of, like, pair it back and go, okay, what do I actually mean, that kind of thing. And it's, like, there's, like, a level of communication that needs to happen. But I think what I'm most excited about – the stuff that I'm working on at the moment is that I'm having like I'm you know I've got all the sessions in Ableton and that kind of thing and and no I wouldn't call myself a producer like I definitely collaborate in terms of the production elements and that kind of thing but I'm if I'm having an idea I'm just actually giving myself the time and the space to think about it and and put something down that that encapsulates sonically what I'm trying to say and then I can actually like communicate that to the producer that I'm going to be working with in a really, really clear way rather than just trying to communicate something that I hear in my head, then in my words, then, you know, say it with my words and then sort of, um, yeah, then kind of like go, okay, well now um, I'm going to try and communicate this to you and then you think that, you've either got it right or you got it wrong or whatever it might be because you yeah. go, oh, okay, well, I can't really clearly articulate what I'm saying, so maybe what I'm saying is wrong when that's not really the case. So, yeah, it's just, um, I don't know, maybe that wasn't the question, but I think I've arrived at just sort of like, you know, kind of going, okay, well, what I really want to do within my art form is get all of the pre-production sort of done um, prior to, yeah, prior to getting in the studio with anyone and then... Um, yeah, and then make sure that I'm yeah getting all of those things sort of completed, and then when you kind of do get in the studio with someone, then you kind of have a really clear idea of how you actually want things to sound and why and that kind of thing, rather than handing that over to mm. someone else. Even yes. though that you know everybody wants the same thing, everybody wants the the music to be great, but um, yeah, it can just be a bit sort of challenging sometimes to like know that you're arriving at the same place and that kind of thing. So, yeah. Look, you're worried about you worried about the answer there. Look, there was an answer in there somewhere, I think, Ella. God <laughs> knows what it was. <laughs> we'll listen to it in post. It's all right. We'll, it's, it's, listen to it in post and listen, we'll find it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those listening to it, no, listen back to the, the episode later and go, yeah, that, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Um, I was going to say, it was, I've had this come up before. I've had this conversation with a couple of friends who you know, are also singer-songwriters and they go, yeah, you don't realise until you get into the studio like how much your listening experience has changed or in you know, the more cynical term, 
<laughs> ruined by you know now suddenly having all this insider knowledge. You, you go back to your favorite songs, and you're like, oh shit, that guitar tone's slightly off. Or you go, oh shit, they they miss they mismix that, you know. And then you're like, looking back at famous songs that you know, and you realize there's a lot more flaws. In it. So true. Because you, you go and you go realize, yeah, we make the same mistakes and we're doing it ourselves. It's exactly right. Yeah, it's super hard. It's like it's it's the curse. You know, it's like the magician's curse. Like as soon as you, as soon as you know how the the magic trick's done, the there's sort of like a the shimmer, the curtain. You know, the the magic behind it sort of is doesn't disappear. Like I'm sure it's you know for musicians, magicians, it's still there. The fun's still there. It's just the magic, so to speak, is sort of different because you sort of yeah, know what's totally. happening. Like the curtain, you've, you've seen behind the curtain. Yeah, and I'm thinking, like, I was about to think. Now I can think of the perfect allegory. It's the, the Wizard of Oz. Like, your curtains lifted. You know, there's the there's the wizard, big microphone. You know, projection. It's like it's just a you know, there's a whole different thing going on behind the behind Very the so called curtain. Now that you said that, I feel like watching the Wizard of Oz. Oh yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm going to do that as soon as we get off the phone. Yes. <laughs> it's like you just go, all right, kids, pop on Julie Garland. That's exactly right. <laughs> Tin man me up. Who's actually? Who's your favourite? Who do you relate? This is totally, totally weird segue. I warned you before. I said we get onto weird segues and tangents. Who do you relate to most out of the Wizard of Oz? Good question. That's a big one. Uh, definitely not. Who is the one that doesn't have a heart? Is that the Tin Can Man? Uh, yes. Yeah, so no, I was thinking of the straw man, but he's a brain. Yeah, no, it's the heart. Yes. I what think. are all the different ones? What's the lion's one? He doesn't have courage, courage. does he? Yeah. So he's missing courage. Yeah. King Ken's missing his heart. Yeah. And then the straw man is missing his brain. That's right. Yep. You got it. Yeah. I feel like I need to re-watch this as an adult and really unpack it because <laughs> I feel like there's a lot in there now that I'm saying it out loud. There, there is. <laughs> yeah. It's like the same with a lot of like kids shows where you go back, you go back and like, wow, that was really deep. <laughs> that just went over my head as a kid. Totally. A lot of movies and media. It's like there's a lot being under. There's a lot that the director or there's a lot that the author or there's a lot that, you know, the creator was trying to say that, that I just didn't get as a kid. That's so true. So exactly right. It's like insane. Yeah. And then you, you look back and, and watch a, a show that you really loved as a kid and it's just not the same as an adult. It's just like, I mean, obviously it's because you know, tar- I think there's a beauty to that, you know, you're targeting kids as like a beauty that you can do when you're capturing a kid's attention that maybe the adults don't understand, you know. So true. <laughs> You've got to be able to bring your, your mind back to where the kids are at. And to be able to do that, I think, requires a certain level of skill. So true. Or, yeah, or drugs, you know, one or the other. <laughs> yeah, the old saying about Yo Gabba Gabba in the night garden or whatever. There was always a joke no, going around that, that the creators no. were on LSD or some bullshit like that when they were making it. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I <laughs> know. Oh, I feel. <laughs> I've never mentioned DMT on this show because I, I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But uh, <laughs> I'm not Joe Rogan. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Who knows? Oh my god, I can't even begin to imagine. <laughs> There's no microdosing in the so ma- that was put into the making of this show. That I can assure you. Um, <laughs> Thing in the making of this show is that what you just said? Yeah, no microdosing <laughs> for the that went into the making of yeah. this show. Yes. Um, <laughs> oh, we're all maxing out yeah. here. We are maxing out. 
Um, I'm with for those of you that have tuned out because of your, you know you don't like Lord of the Wizard of Oz's, you know whatever. Uh, this is I'm, I'm with Ella Fence, and and we're not sitting on the fence on any issues here. We are really delving deep into to what makes Ella tick, aren't we? Apparently, maybe not the Wizard of Oz. Maybe that was a strange avenue that we went down that we, we don't need to go down again. <laughs> oh, I think I've I think I've I think I've yeah I think I've touched a nerve there that maybe you know sub, sub, I think I've hit something up subconscious. <laughs> I feel like I can't really say who my character is, yeah. so I think that that's probably okay. the biggest thing. Right. You'll have to rewatch <laughs> it and let me know. Yeah, definitely. It's your adult. Take some notes. Yeah, totally. You'll probably rewatch it, and you'll probably you'll probably you know. Relate to the witch, you'd be like, "Of course oh, she was yeah, grumpy." Maybe that's why I'm triggered. You can deal with <laughs> of this bullshit. She was yeah, maybe. These, all these annoying girls getting in the way of everything. These stupid monkeys <laughs> shitting on my carpet. Hey, you know what? Yeah, I'd say that it's probably just all of the terrible men in their life that might turn her into a witch. <laughs> yeah, all my employees just wanting me to be dead, and then just you know. Yeah, apparently that's the way that it went with her. So yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, Ella, I mean, look, we are having a good old chat here. Yeah. And because I said before, chatting here to Ella Page about everything, about her EP, about <laughs> a lot of stuff that isn't about her EP. But um, speaking of, I mean, there was some really, really, really cool stuff going on sonically with the record. You mentioned before about you produ- when, you produ- when you work with your producers that there is – a lot of input they do have and, you know, mm. fair enough as, as producers should be, as a good producer should be. How much of this, the thematics were something that you were insisting on or and how much of it, I guess, was input from other people? That's a good question. I mean, um, I would probably say that it is a collaboration. You know, you have this, um, you have an idea and you communicate it to the best of your ability and, I like when things are quite thematic and when things kind of like feel like they, you know, make sense in a certain way that's like quite dramatic. And so, yeah, I mean, I'd say that it was very much um, arrived at together. So that's something that I've been like really lucky with, with the people that I've worked with that have been able to, um, you know, articulate really what, what I have in mind throughout, you know, the production. So it's been really good. Were there any so w- w- with the songs and what songs went on there? Was it pretty obvious which ones you were going to pick from the outset? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah, it made a lot of sense to me. Um, yeah, so definitely, really, really obvious. Definitely those ones for sure. Mm. Can you think of maybe any any examples of aspects of the of the record that maybe you were a bit. You know, maybe they added, maybe somebody, maybe somebody added something. Maybe there was a tone or an instrument or something that was put in there that maybe you were a bit apprehensive about. But then when you listened back to it, you, you came to the conclusion that yeah, they were that that was the right decision to make. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like I think that there's, you know, there's always part of the decision making process that you know you kind of have to arrive somewhere by thinking about things a different way. So it's like you know you kind of like toss up a few different options. Um, and then, yeah, and then you kind of, like, arrive somewhere. So, in terms of that particular, like, in terms of that particular question, like, there were definitely, like, whole sections of songs that I'm like, well, I'm not sure about this. Like, I don't know if we should have the instrumental was this long and that kind of thing. So, yeah, and then we kind of, like, ended up cutting, um, 
you know, uh, cutting it and then I'd like look, listen to a version and then, you know, we'd go, oh, and then, you know, and then I'd say, oh, actually, I don't know if that is, um, is the right choice. Like maybe we should actually put that back in sort of thing. So yeah, but sometimes you just need to be able to hear it in order to, um, to then, yeah, know that it was the right or wrong choice for sure. Yeah. Are you of the opinion that it does take a bit of time to get to the right decision or is it, are you more of the understanding that spontaneity is key with that? You know, what your first thoughts are, are going to be the, the best thoughts. Oh, it's so dependent. Like I think for example, something like that, like a, like a musical instrumental, like take it or leave it. I don't know. I'm not a huge, like, I just don't know. I'm like, you listen to an instrument. I mean, it depends on the song. It's so, so dependent on the song. But like you listen to an instrumental, um, you know, that's not really like where the song in most songs, I guess, like is, 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 is grounded in. So I think in terms of like whether you're going to have a lengthy instrumental or have a, have a shorter instrumental, I don't really know. Yeah, but just in, I'm just t- particularly talking about my artwork. Like that's not what people kind of come to my art for. They come for, for other reasons. So it's like in terms of like a, a decision like that, like maybe it doesn't necessarily need to be on gut instinct. Um, but, um, when it comes to something that is, yeah, like, I mean, I've definitely had moments when, when it's been the songwriting and like when, when specific part, like sections of the song have not, um, have not been included in the, um, in the actual, um, um, in the actual, you know, end result, um, that, that hasn't been good. Um, so I, um, yeah, I have not felt good about that. So it's like, you know, that there's, there's some parts where I feel like this decision is like, take it or leave it. And then there's other areas where, um, yeah, it's just like so hard to, um, to let go of a section where it's like, you know, you're at, you're at, you're butting heads with someone that's like collaborating, you're collaborating with, and then you kind of go, oh shit! Um, I actually really, really firmly believe that it, you know, that it really needs to be this way. And then the other person thinks the other, you know, another way. And then uh, it's 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 really challenging to be as emotionally invested in the song, to be honest, when it comes yeah. to the songwriting for me. So yeah, I mean, I've, I can definitely relate to that. Um, and and when you feel bulldozed by by a decision, it definitely. Um, yeah, it's pretty like a pretty pretty challenging thing. But I mean, I guess that person probably feels pretty pretty solid in in their decision making process as well. So it's like it's it's a hard thing to be able to kind of arrive at a decision. But I can think of you know one time in particular that I'm like, it just has never settled well with me that I cut a section from that particular song yeah. that I'm thinking like I just don't love the song in the way that I just don't think it's as interesting as it was. Uh, I don't think that that, like, if I'm not thinking it's interesting, then I don't think that my audience will think it's interesting. Like, I just, are, I don't know. Are we allowed, really are we allowed to, uh, you know, <laughs> provide specifics or is this, you know, purely confidential? So that's going to be a magician's behind the curtain uh, uh, secret of mine. Um, but I, I think that it's, it's, I guess, kind of coming back to the, yeah, to that kind of question, it's like, you know, 
I guess it's like when it comes to your sort of artwork, you can kind of like, you know, have the final say and that kind of thing. But I guess it depends on, it depends on the context. So yeah, it's, um, I think for that particular decision, like that really stuck within my gut that I knew, I knew within myself that I'm like, I know that this part needs to stay. And then the other person like didn't like knew within themselves, they knew within themselves that we weren't going to have it. And so it was like, okay, what now? Like we both feel instinctively that this is the right choice. So what now? Um, and so, yeah, that's been really um, challenging to, um, yeah, it can, it can be challenging to kind of like end up arriving somewhere that, um, yeah, you know, has a um, has a common ground when you're sort of doing that. So, yeah, it's, it's a it's a hard one to nail sometimes. You you are you mentioned before. And I, I picked up on it. I want to elaborate. I want you to elaborate further, Ella. I want you to dig deep into the soul of your audience. And because uh, you mentioned, oh, my, 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 my listeners don't come for long instrumentals. Well, Ella, all I want to know is what, in your humblest opinions, do your audience come to, come to with your music? What draws them in? That's a good question. I mean, I that said it sounded probably way uh, more serious than what it was. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a good question. I mean, I would be guessing um, because there are you know so uniquely every every person is is unique and and they have different you know reasons, but people have different reasons why they come to different things. But I guess in terms of like what I would hope that people came to my music for would be honesty, um, would be vulnerability and, uh, and yeah, honesty and vulnerability. Like, I think that that is like, that's like, this really encapsulates, I don't know, mm. the songwriting for me. Um, I think that that really heavily leans on the, the lyrical side of things, but it also kind of leans on the, the sort of like uh, thematic choices as well. So I'd say that that probably is more, yeah, I mean, so, you know, your lyrics turn into your songs, turn into your production. And so, but I think that the whole way through like that really carries through. So it's just, um, yeah, it's an interesting sort of thing to, um to think about, but I, I would hope, and I, I would assume that that's 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 what draws people in. I could be completely wrong, but <laughs> um, but what? that that would be what I imagine that it would be. So it's not as though I mean I don't I don't um, have these swelling long instrumentals, but yeah. what I do have are uh, like you know uh, uh, lyrics and verses and choruses that literally talk about exactly what I'm thinking and feeling and and. Um, whether it's mm. lovely or horrible or any of it, like it's just a talk about all of it. So yeah, it's it's a lot, but um, uh, but I but I choose to put that out there in the world, and I wouldn't take it back. And I and I think that I think from from what I've mostly found from from pe- what people have told me uh, is that that's kind of what they've mostly connected yeah. with is, is the you know that that sort of um that sort of thing so yeah so the honesty has really been the the idea that your music is very you know it opens up a window into your soul so to speak from a poetic standpoint yeah it is it, it, so you found like that also, it, it has yeah, been affirmed by people that you have given you feedback yeah definitely it shows like and just different things like I'll like often will explain sort of what a song's about yeah. um 
um, not every single song every at every single gig, but um, yeah, I choose sort of like a few different moments throughout the night to explain different mm. songs. It's not always the same song, and um, and then you know within the songs and, and that kind of thing, like I I really put a lot into them, and then I don't hold back when it comes to. Just thoughts and feelings, even if it's, you know, something that, like, even if it's about myself or even if it's about sort of something different or whatever. So it's just um, kind of the feeling of of honesty or, or not even the feeling of honesty, the, the feeling of vulnerability and, and my core value of, of being as honest as possible throughout every stage of my life, inc- including my songwriting. So that's just kind of where I'm at and that comes through in terms of my songs. So, yeah. Have you found that, well, as your audience has grown over the years, because you've got these expectations now that people expect a certain level of honesty from what you're saying with your songs, that that has affected how you've written your new stuff? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Um, I would say that... uh, Good good question. I think that I wrote my first EP sort of... Um, no, I think I've definitely written all of my songs from that perspective. I think I wrote my, I mean, I wrote my first EP in my, you know, in my bedroom. It was just me with a guitar and it was really, 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 yeah, intricate and honest and that kind of thing. Um, but then I also, you know, then, then I went into more of the production model of, of songwriting, which which definitely has a time and a place. And, and now I've kind of paired back and gone to... Um, back to the, you know, the writing by myself sort of thing. So, yeah, it's um it's been an interesting sort of um, thing to navigate, doing a lot of different kinds of ways of songwriting and, and drawing on that honesty from different perspectives, like whether I'm collaborating with someone or I'm in the studio and it com- it's coming through in, the, in terms of different production and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I definitely, like now I think just giving myself the time to write music and, Get really get demos together before getting in the studio again, and just giving myself the breathing space and and the time to flesh out ideas and that kind of thing. Yeah, with that now, then, and this sort of goes into moving forward, which is where I like to where I like to chat about. Do yeah. you think that in the future, if you decided that you wanted to change things up, you decided that right, honesty is for punks. I'm all about metaphors, you know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Just something stupid yeah. like that. I don't know. If you decide to totally change up what you thought your music was about, how forgiving do you think your audience would be? And I know, I know you're probably going to say something really nice about them, but I want you to be brutally honest. You know, your audience has come to expect honesty, and I expect no less. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm, I am, um, I'm, very much like uh, I guess oh, such a weird thing to say known for I'm known for <laughs> well, I guess when it comes to like releasing music like it's kind of like a a bit of a like I mean for being a bit of a chameleon and a bit of a, a shapeshifter when it comes to genres and that kind of thing so I think that in order to be a fan and an audience member and someone who's invested in me and my career mm. um, and, you know, the beautiful people that, that do do those things, it's like, you know, do come to shows and do, you know, and get excited about music and, and different things that I'm working on. It's like I am so grateful for that because, you know, I don't keep it really consistent when it comes to 
you know, I, I think, for example, like if it was like, okay, I really love the genre of pop and I know that I'm always going to like the genre of pop and these are all the pop songs that I'm going to listen to. Like that's like a quite a seamless experience. But I think that I dabble in so many different things. So in order to be an audience member, people kind of go, you know, are on a bit of a journey. I think when it comes to like, you don't really know what to expect. It's always going to be something new and something that doesn't really fit within any kind of boundary, which is really the way that I like to live. And it's also the way that I like to create. So it's like, it's just, um, I think, I think think we're very lucky in in that aspect that the couple of previous generations have, uh, trailblazed in terms of having the having the idea that as a, as a whole career you can change uh, that yeah, this is pretty much socially acceptable for an artist to change yeah. as they get older. Totally, I, I I fully get that and respect that, and I, I I I'm a yeah I love that. So I'm like I just think that if I was to I think and I would hope that if I was to do something different, then it would be um, really well received. If I was to do, yeah, I mean, but I guess you don't know, but then it, it, it's hard because you kind of got to just keep doing what, you know, creating what feels authentic to you in that moment um, and putting that out and it might be well-received, it might be not well-received, it might be really well-received by someone completely left the field um, and that's also okay. And so, it's yeah, it's just it's one of those things that it's like, okay, I've just kind of got to stay in the present moment, what's feeling right, um, get, you know, create, get things out there in the world um, and kind of like follow that um, and keep it, you know, keep it within, within the realm of, of who I am and within my core values and that kind of thing. And, um, and that, that's the best place to create from rather than sort of worrying too much about making sure that all the sounds are the same and, and all different things like that. Like, that's really not where my priorities lie. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> uh, let's talk. Oh, so, you know what? Um, I'm, I was, that's right. I was going to say, uh, Ella, I, I expect no less than the, uh, the Punk Bluegrass EP as your next release. Yeah, is that right? <laughs> part of the excitement, part of the excitement is not knowing how people are going to handle that. <laughs> yeah, that is so true. That is part of. Um, let's talk about what's cu- up coming up because, as you did mention before, you are playing in Sydney. Tell me about it. What's happening? Who you're playing with? Where you're going to get turned AF afterwards, and where your leather and what you're going to eat? <laughs> oh, that is such a good question. I mean, um, where am I going to get turned? Who would know? Um, <laughs> I have a show on the Friday and also a show on the Saturday. One of them is in Chippendale. Um, so we're playing Max Watts and also Lord uh, Gladstone Chippendale and just like so excited for both of them. So they're both going to be really, really different, um, really different audiences, really different experiences, different parts of town. And yeah, just like, you know, moving from – um, yeah, one space to the other and, and bringing the same show. So I'm, I'm like actually so excited to be doing this um, and bringing, yeah, bringing something to, to some new people. Like I just cannot wait. And I haven't been sitting forever. So I'm just like so excited for uh, for that. So yeah, it's going to be so good. So give us the dates and the venues so that people don't get confused. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look, you know what? It is all over my Instagram, so that is a good place to start. Um, no, it's a very good, very good question. So, we've got the um, the Friday 
So we've got Friday the 23rd of April mm-hmm. is Max House of Music, uh, and that's a Golden Robots Records. Golden Robot Records label showcase. Um, and so that one's at Max Watts on the Friday. And then on the Saturday, it's, uh, so that's the 24th of April. It's at the Lord Gladstone. And I'm playing with a band, Embankment, who is one of the members of Blue Juice, who's obviously no longer together, but they've, like, it's their sort of new project. So yeah. super excited for that. Nice. So Sounds like so much fun. And if you are. Uh, if you are folks in Sydney next weekend and you got bloody nothing to do because it's Sydney, go and do yourself a favour. Check out the shows. Bloody give us some positive heckling to Ella and tell her uh, tell her what you think her music should I would be love about. Positive heckling. That sounds awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try and make it a thing. Positive heckling. I was at a, a comedy show that uh, our dear col our dear colleague here at AMR, um, uh, Mick Mick Moore. Does and he's he's mentioned he, he one of his one of his bits is about I won't go into too much detail because go to the show if you if you're around in Melbourne comedy festival a plug eh uh, no he goes on a bit about like you know how hecklers are a bit more positive they're trying to do they're tr- what they're trying to say is positive but it comes out in a bad way uh, so you know <laughs> I'm trying to let's at least if we're going to encourage heckling it's going to be a positive form of heckling <laughs> totally as long as what they're heckling is. You're the best. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, let's do it. He says That's it more awesome. elaborately and, and more concisely than I I do. So it probably made no sense to people. But you know, um, if you go to the WTF show that Mick Moore is part of, you'll get that lovely, lovely spiel, and he'll and I'm, I won't be stealing any more of his jokes. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's awesome. But yeah, mate, a big shout out to uh, Golden Robot Records, who the EP No Thank You is out now with. Um, they did help us set this up. So thank you. Thank you, Nadia and John. You're awesome. Um, they are very awesome. You're awesome too, Ella. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh, tell us. Again, so your EP, no thank you, is out now. Of course, uh, where can people where can people find it, and where can people find your music and your socials and that? Ah, uh, all like Spotify, um, wherever you like to listen to music, it's all Elephant. Um, and then yeah, and then on my socials, it's just all at Elephant Music. Um, or if you're more of a website person, then it's www.elephantmusic.com. So all roads lead to Rome at that website so you'll be able to find everything right let's just say in uh in stupid anecdotal terms the uh the website elephants.com is indeed the gate that leads you into the paddock that is surrounded by the fences yes that is exactly right (laughs) (laughs) so yeah it's elephants.com isn't it elephantsmusic.com elephantsmusic don't get that buggered up elephantsmusic.com i presume everything's linked through there Yep, that's exactly right. Yep. So, don't waste your time trawling the internet. Do what the website was made to do and link you to everything good. Elephantsmusic.com. Make sure you go and stream the stream the uh, EP. Make sure you go and check her out at one of her shows if she's doing anything. And uh, make sure you say hi afterwards. Woo! <laughs> that would be so fun. Can't uh, wait to see oh. Ella, your champ. Thank you for uh, coming on and, and, you know, playing ball, so to speak, with my with my tangents. 
All good. It was so much fun chatting to you. Thank you for having me. Now, you've got me in the mind for sushi. Uh, unfortunately, we're having pizza tonight. But that said, it's a pretty much, you know, equally good, <laughs> let's say. That's I could, I could so, go with either. That is just as good. <laughs> uh, let's <laughs> chat. Let's quickly talk about, before we play it, the song um, that, well, the song we're about to play. Let's talk about it. It's called Hurricane. It is uh, the opening track of the record. Yep. Give us a little bit of a little bit of a spiel behind this one. What what's what's going on with this track? Because it's pretty pretty thumping. It's got a great beat behind it. Got a great great driving force behind it. it was Thank it's a lot of fun. You. It's a great fun song. Thank you so much. Yeah, I I love this one. This one was such a fun one to write. I wrote it with um, a friend of mine who was down in Byron, uh, Vinny Leduce, and. Mm. Oh, it was just like so much fun. Like it was just such a good song to be able to write um, with him. Like I think that just, I don't know, for me, like going down to Byron is always like such a fun time and like playing shows and that kind of stuff and writing music and that kind of thing. Um, and this particular song just really encapsulated like a lot of that fun and the energy of like, yeah, just being, you know, doing a lot of different things and having a great time doing it. And, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I've just totally butchered explaining this song. But <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically just, like, uh, really, a really, for me, it feels like a really powerful, um, fun song to just, like, listen to to start a weekend. Like, it's yeah, just, yeah exciting. So, yeah. Mm. Delicious. And away. Play it. Play <laughs> Can't it. wait. Play it. Can't wait. Don't waste any more of my time, Daniel. Come on. <laughs> I'm a very valuable person. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Okay, Ella, I'll give you that one. Uh, here it will. I tell you what, why don't you not waste any more of my time and tell us who you are and what we're about to listen to. I'm Ella Fence and this is Hurricane. Thanks, Ella. You ledge. We'll see you soon. Thank you. Let's meet at my I got a plan I'll ask you one time Not gonna tell you again We'll drink champagne I flew in from Barcelona I'll tell you you're beautiful But you already know I did some business I got cash for days Ride with me It's like a Maserati Ain't nobody fucking with my click We're out to play Let's bump, bump Hey, hey You love it in my hurricane Love my kicky chaos. You love it in my hurricane. You know you love it all. I'm a fancy bitch. I sparkle in it. I've seen some things you didn't know could exist. Am I the devil or? Thought you'd never see 
Listening to AMR.
Oh yeah, guys. Oh yeah. Welcome back. Welcome back to Bar Talk. Right here on wherever you get your podcasts or wherever you're listening to. That's right. It's me again. Who did you expect? Uh, you just came off. <laughs> that sounded really bad, didn't it? It's like, oh, no, not Bar Talk. Well, I don't expect to ever hear Daniel again. <laughs> no, uh, you're all you're stuck with me. Yeah, it's like the Hotel California. You can't leave. You can't leave the sound of my voice. Um, that was Native Soul Project within my soul. And before that, it was, of course, Hurricane, one of the songs off Ella Fence's new EP, New Thank You. Um, I want to thank Ella again for having fun, having a good old time with me, having a good old chat. And, of course, Golden Robot Records for putting out such excellent music and um, setting us up with Ella. So, thanks, everyone. Thank you. Uh, I want to quickly chat about Native Soul Project's song, In My Soul. How chill was it, though? It was such a nicely anchored, nicely nicely structured song to get around that beautiful bass line. And just, you know, it didn't overstay its welcome either. It was just it kept things nice and chill throughout the whole thing. Um, we didn't get too much information off them, although the song was sent in by Nick Knack. I believe they are a uh, duo from New Zealand, just doing some really, really cool sort of music. They got a bit going on their Instagram and their their Facebook, so go and check out their socials. And, and the same with um with all of uh, the other artists that you hear. If you do like what they do, please give them a like and a rating and a follow. I don't know how many times you can rate rate musicians. I hope five stars only, only five stars right here. Um, I want to quickly chat about before I get too carried away uh, about, of course, what we've been doing up at AMR, of course. Make sure you go and check out our other shows as well. Uh, Heavy Reborn and The Mint Factory. Uh, Heavy Reborn's just going off, as it always does, keeping the stoinkers stoinkalicious. And, uh, pl- yeah, playing some of the best heavy tracks in the country, um, courtesy of Mick, Carly, and, of course, uh, Jesus, keeping everything uh, resurrected, so to speak. Ah, there's my Easter pun. Uh, but those guys are awesome, and they really do have a passion for the music, as you can tell, if you do listen to any of the episodes. And they are, of course, interviewing like we are. We're not stealing all the interviews, don't worry. No, they are interviewing some of the best artists going around uh, that do stuff with the heavy genres in Australia. Uh, Mint Factory has just got a great rotating base of hosts produced by our good man GM, station manager and uh and about to turn 50, I'm going to let, drop that little bomb. We're going to be hanging out with him this weekend, side note, at uh, Sookie Land, one of, our, one of our business and promotional partners. Uh, but <laughs> Gareth, the good man, uh, puts together a great show with Heavy- with, um, I was about to say Heavy Reborn again. No, he puts a great show together with The Mint Factory where they just showcase. It's usually around 10, but I noticed they've been doing a few longer episodes lately. But yeah, it's, it's every so often, let's say roughly a dozen to, you know, anywhere from 10 to 16, let's say, of the freshest new tracks that come out each week, courtesy of the artists that send in music and the PRs that send in music. So, uh, yeah, it's a good fun time, isn't it? They're usually doing it. Actually, speaking of the aforementioned Sookie Lounge, they've been doing a little bit, little bit of a on-site recording there, which is really cool. Um, yeah, we're going to be hanging out at Sookie Lounge too, uh, celebrating the birthday of GM. So, you know, if you're listening to this after, after Sunday- Make sure you go and send Garth a happy birthday or message the AMR page and say happy birthday because he needs a little bit of love, you know. Ever since Rusty died, 
and he's uh, just got Steve in there in the, in the back room. It's uh, there at the studio. Yeah, needs a bit of extra love. Can never have enough. Uh, now, I'm going to keep things uh, nice and uh, rock and roll-ish for the next couple, as we usually do around this time of the episode. Got a couple of great tracks coming up, and I'm really excited to tell you about them. Uh, the first one is uh, the new song by Tom Myers, On My Head. Now, uh, for those of you who uh, follow the, followed the Australian indie scene back in the late noughties, you may remember the group Papa vs. Pretty. Tom Myers was one of the founding members and the drummer of said band, and he's been a very active uh, member of the music community. He's done a lot of- um, a lot of session drum work as well for people people such as Kim Churchill and Thelma Plum to give you a couple of examples. But this is going to be his uh, new single, which is off his forthcoming EP. And he uh, hasn't said the title yet. So, I'm, you know, uh, okay, we'll find out soon enough. <laughs> no, but he's a, uh, from, New- from Newcastle. So, just mixing up the locations a bit this week. But yeah, I'm keen to... Um, can you just hear more actually this should be this should be good because it's what had a great throwback vibe to the 90s which um, you know he's got a lot of influences from that sort of area but it really did did know what it was doing and great vocals great melodies that really are a throwback to that period uh, after that we had the third single of raising Ravens it's a trap. Now, Raising Ravens is the solo project of Jess Finlayson. I think that's pronounced correctly. She's been in the industry for many years now, um, been recording since the age of 15, been in a lot of hard rock bands, and this is her solo project that she's focusing on that she will be putting out an album for. And, uh, yeah, it's got some pretty heavy themes to it. Apparently, it's a lot lot to do with um, family violence and that. So, yeah, pretty hefty themes, but just a great rock and roll track. Really rocks the hell out, which I, I, I really love uh, with these with a lot of solo female artists that can really do it. Uh, it's a great track. I really liked it. Had a great guitar solo. Really good guitar work in this one. Probably some of my favourite in terms of that um, from any of the songs I've had this week. But, yeah, really good stuff. Um, she's been doing a bit of gigging, which is really cool, uh, up there in Sydney. She's from Sydney herself as well. So, getting a couple of New South Welshmen in, or New South Welsh women. <laughs> new, new South Welsh people. Okay, we'll keep it, we'll it gender neutral. Uh, a few New South Welsh people in a row here for this next couple of songs. So, I really hope you enjoy them, guys. Uh, we're going to play them in just a sec. I'm going to be chatting a bit more to you soon and playing a few more tracks a little bit later. But right now... Of course, it is uh, Raising Ravens with It's a Trap. But before that, Tom Myers with On My Head right here on the one, the only, a bar talk.
AustralianMusiciansRadio.com Hello, hello, ha <laughs> ha, it's not Daniel M. Pern here, and this is not Bar Talk that you're listening to, uh, and this is opposite sentences with uh, whoever I am. <laughs> Ooh, I get, okay, enough of that bullshit. Uh, that was two epic songs, uh, Raising Ravens with It's a Trap and Tom Myers with On My Head. Yeah, good stuff, good stuff, guys. Uh, yeah, it is me. It is me. Um, how did you tell? You know, how did you tell it was me? Good old big D. 
good old Big Dippers, keeping you, I guess, toasty warm. For those of you uh, who need a bit of context down here in Melbourne, and I was mentioning this to Ella off air, uh, that it is the first week this year that we're really starting to feel the bite of uh, senior winter. Uh, I've got my jumper on at the moment. And uh, my girlfriend, who's who I very lovingly bought a nudie for last year, which is one of those uh, uh, non-generic, you know, blankets that wrap around you. Uh, she's been living in it for this past week when she's been here at home. So, it's just nippy around the edges. For any of our European or you know, American or Canadian listeners, they're probably like, ha, ha, you call that cold? <laughs> try, try living in minus 45 degrees Celsius. No, uh, that's that's enough silliness from me. Yeah, uh, it's getting a bit nippy, and uh, I'm enjoying the hoodies a bit too much lately. However, I digress. Um, I need to let you guys know about our socials as well, because at the end of the day, you need to follow us. You need to give me a big old follow. I'm technically Jesus, and you are my disciples, my disciples of good Aussie and Kiwi music. <laughs> yeah, that's right. How can you follow us, you ask? Well- Enough chit-chat. Let me tell you how. Uh, you can find us on the Bar Talk socials on Facebook and YouTube. And, of course, as always, AMR Australia on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Uh, you can also stream us wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you need somewhere to start, go to, uh, go to of course, Acast. Oh, I'm sorry, shows.acast.com forward slash Bar Talk. Nearly mucked that up. Uh, let me repeat that again. Shows.acast.com forward slash bar talk. Or more importantly, go to the website, australianmusiciansradio.com. And I do need to go into a bit more depth about it because it's great. It's a great website. has all the links that you need for all of the AMR shows. Now, if you want to go to bar talk, it's australianmusiciansradio.com forward slash bar talk. There you'll find links to a lot of the streaming sites you'll find in embedded versions of the different podcast streaming sites, such as uh, I'm very proud of setting this up too. I did all the work, so you better fucking go and visit it. Um, got the embed links to like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, YouTube, as well as links to some of the other podcast players. Uh, and of course, the Acast player as well, where you can pretty much link it to any podcast player but yeah search it on wherever you get your podcasts guys you'll see us there sub to us give us the review tell us how much you hate us but yeah australianmusiciansradio.com it's great because it has all the stuff for the other AMR uh, podcasts as well such as Heavy Reborn and Mint Factory and it's going to have more, a lot of exciting stuff coming soon too for any specials that we do I don't know you know live live reviews of shows like premieres of stuff uh, I don't know a feature feature artists. Who knows? Who knows what's going to happen in the next few months? And but I've I know we've got some really really cool stuff coming up. And uh, AustralianMusiciansRadio.com is where it's at. Uh, of course, big shout out to AMR's um, business promotional music and media partners, whatever you call them, um, Sookie Lounge, as well as uh, Music Factory Direct and um, Bizopt Solutions. Those guys are great as well. Thank you to all the PRs that send in the music, all the artists that do. Uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. A bit enough of me, enough of that dilly dallying. Let's talk about a couple of tracks about to play. Now, I can't believe we've missed out on playing this guy before, but uh, Ziggy Alberts is going to be up next with his, uh, well, I guess you call it um, focus single. That's what they call it when it's not really a single, but it's like the main song they want you to focus on when an album comes out. 
Um, but yeah, Ziggy Alberts has recently put out his a new album, which is called Searching for Freedom, and Chocolate is the focus single off it. It's a great waltz track. I love waltz tracks. I love three, four times. Uh, three, four times. <laughs> what? Three, four times. I eat three or four times a day. No, I love uh, music that's in three, four time because it does tend to stand out, especially with a lot of the a lot of pop music being in four, four. But it's just just some really, really chilled uh, vibes going on there with, with a bit of fiddle and whatever, whatever instrumentation was going on in the background. But yeah, really cool song. Just a bit about, you know. Uh, some of the uh, feeling that I've never experienced the the uh, perils of fame and fortune, as it says. So, yeah, cool. Very sincere song. Very nice stuff. Very good. Very good stuff, Siggy. And I'm happy to finally feature him on the show because I know we've had a bit of his stuff sent in before. Uh, now, after that, uh, we've, we've got a brilliant song. And um, I have to give the next, next one a shout out because it's really hard. It's harder than people realize to have really well done sparse production because you've got to really make sure every single element is perfect because there's uh, so few elements involved. But um, the song is called They Don't Know a Thing About Me and it is actually the title track off this next artist's double EP. The artist's name is Chris Bates. He's from across the ditch. He's a New Zealand artist. And yeah, as I said, double EP is going to be called that as well. Now, I don't know what the difference is between a double EP and an album because I thought an album was pretty much the length of two EPs. <laughs> so, look, I'm going to ask, have to ask Chris what the hell a double EP means and what the hell is the difference between that and an album? Because <laughs> uh, I'm a little bit bamboozled, but I guess we'll find out soon because the, uh, the double EP is going to be released in uh, next few months, it says. So, I'm excited. But yeah. The themes on this one really could stand out, you know, and I guess that's the uh, that's the consequence of having that sort of sparse, sparsely produced song. The song's very clearly about, you know, self ang- you know, anxiety, self doubt, and I thought it's handled really well, and a great piano ballad to to boot. So yeah, really cool stuff, really cool stuff, Chris. Keen to hear more. Uh, it's, they don't know a thing about me. That's what it's called. But I just want to thank you, the listeners. Hope you enjoyed the interview with Ella. Hope you enjoyed my bullshitting, ranty bullshitness that is not filtered by a co-host. <laughs> we'll see how we're going next week. We may have another co-host back. Uh, but in the meantime, make sure you go and check out all our socials, all the artists. Uh, keep yourself healthy, happy, and most fortunately, well. We'll be back next week with another episode. My name is Daniel. Uh, you've been listening to Bar Talk. Uh, right now is the song's uh, Chris Bates, they don't know a thing about me. And right now, Chocolate by Ziggy Alberts off his new album. Guys, love you a long time. See you. She kissed me like we just met And all she knew about me Is what I've said to her here in the bathtub this evening Chocolate for two I just want you And I just want to
Shut it up. All this doubt, wanna cut it up. 
haunted room But I know it's just myself And I'm trying to find myself I gotta trust myself I gotta trust myself So if they wanna doubt me I'ma let them They don't know a thing about me What do I let them Driving on my own Listening to this broken radio Don't wanna stray too far But I'll never know If I stay here Was I supposed to go? Feeling like I'm driving on my own Yeah, I know it's just myself I'm trying to find myself I gotta trust myself I gotta trust myself If they wanna doubt me, I'ma let They don't know a thing about me, what do I let